Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Have you along for the ride? Thanks a lot for stopping by. Now, part two of my special interview with Graham Hancock. He's the creator of Ancient Apocalypse over on Netflix, getting some real blowback from archaeologists of all people who I always thought wanted to deal in truth. We now get into more of that, exactly what an ice age is, exactly what civilization looked like a long time ago, and how exactly did human beings survive. Now, part two. His name is Graham Hancock. Go to GrahamHancock.com. He's an author. He's a journalist creator of Ancient Apocalypse on Netflix right now. Uh, let me ask you uh, about the term Ice Age. You've said it quite a few times. and we're t- The Ice Age was the, uh, the, the, the cataclysmic event, I, I suppose, that took us out of the modern times and made us go and hunt and gather again. And maybe we, we had a, a great reset. But when I hear Ice Age, of course, you think about an animated series that Disney put out or something. What specific, if, if I said, what is the Ice Age, what would you say? The world, the world has gone through through a series of extraordinary climatic changes. There was one called the Eemian before the last ice age, when temperatures were even warmer than they are today. That was prior to about 120,000 years ago. Then a kind of deep freeze set in. Nobody's ever fully or satisfactorily explained why. And the northern continents and indeed the whole world became encased in ice, but it was particularly North America. You had ice sheets that were two miles deep, wow. covering almost all of North America, north of roughly you know, Minnesota, and, and ice sheets two miles deep, covering most of Northern Europe and extending into Siberia. You had extensive ice sheets in the Southern Hemisphere as well. Antarctica was bigger than it is today. As a result of all this water caught up in ice caps on top of the continental land masses, sea levels were lower. Sea level was 400 feet lower at the peak of the Ice Age 21,000 years ago than it is today. That's an enormous change. When the Ice Age melted down, that was when the cataclysm happened between roughly 12,800 and 11,600 years ago. Dramatic climate shifts occurred. The sea levels rose very rapidly. Uh, and and that huge landmass that had been above water was swallowed up by the sea. I'm not saying it all happened between 12,800 and 11,600 years ago, but a lot of it did. What we what we've lost at the end of the day, I'll put it in plain math, is 10 million square miles of the best real estate on Earth was swallowed up by those rising sea levels at the end of the last ice age. So if anybody says that the global the story of a global deluge or a global flood is not true. I draw their attention to Meltwater Pulse 1B 11,600 years ago at the end of the Ice Age and the enormous rise in sea levels 
uh, that it that it caused. So the Ice Age was a very puzzling period. We don't know why it got so cold, but we have a pretty good idea why it ended so suddenly. And that's the idea which um, which I report in Ancient Apocalypse, and it's why it's called Ancient Apocalypse. And, and this this is a, a hypothesis. It's called the Younger Dryas Impact Hypothesis. It's not the work of Graham Hancock. It's the work of about a hundred mainstream scientists who nevertheless have been sidelined by their colleagues. These are all top people in their field. And their proposal since 2007, elaborated now in just hundreds of scientific papers in peer-reviewed journals, but hardly paid attention to by anybody, their proposal is that the Earth passed through the debris stream of a disintegrating comet wow. 12,800 years ago. That comet was originally a giant comet. It wandered into the inner solar system about 20,000 years ago, and it began to break up into multiple fragments, just like comet Shoemaker-Levy 9 broke up into multiple fragments before it hit Jupiter in 1994. Those fragments then spread out into a debris trail uh, that was tens of millions of kilometers wide. And around 12,800 years ago, the Earth crossed the orbit of this debris trail. And we received not just one impact, but a swarm of impacts from comet fragments, some of which may have been a kilometer in diameter, others of which may have been fist-sized in diameter. But they hit the Earth. The, the, the debris trail has been traced very clearly from the western coast of North America right across to Syria, a site called Abu Huraira in Syria, right down south into Chile, uh, even into Antarctica and over into Greenland. The debris trail has been traced in all of these places, and there's a lot of opposition to this hypothesis, but the evidence is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And we show a layer in the Earth called the Younger Dryas Boundary Layer, which is full of nanodiamonds and melted quartz, which are the products of the giant impact and heat created by these objects colliding with the Earth. Unbelievable. I mean, th these are things that we had never even gotten wind of whatsoever. And, and, and again, I'm still having a, a, a bit of trouble why archaeologists would not be happy with us uncovering more of our history as human beings. I don't get why why they're they're so, I guess, arrogant and, and firm in their ways that they want to be the ones who tell us what's real and what's not. So, atta I, so attack anybody who does real I research, real journalism. I think, by and large, archaeologists are very sincere in what they do. Okay. And I don't think that I could do anything that I do if it wasn't for the good hard groundwork done by archaeologists. But archaeologists are bound in a way that I am not by a paradigm, a narrative about the story of our past, about how civilizations first emerged about 6,000 years ago, about how we went through the Neolithic period before that, the Upper Paleolithic period before that. There's a whole timeline of the origins of civilization that careers are invested in all around the world, that's taught in schools and universities all around the world. And what I'm suggesting is that that, that is a house of cards built on a foundation of sand because missing from the timeline is a story of a civilization that existed during the Ice Age and was destroyed in the cataclysms at the end of the Ice Age. And I emphasize, I'm not saying a vastly technological civilization, but a civilization that was more than hunter-gatherers, a civilization that was exploring the Earth, that had navigation technology, that could get all around the world, that could map the Earth, that could show Antarctica. We have ancient maps from the 15 and 1600s, where the map makers tell us that they copied the map from older source maps that were falling to pieces. Wow. Those older source maps 
no longer exist. For example, the Piri Reis map drawn in 1513. These maps show Antarctica. The Orontius Phineas world map drawn in, in 1534 shows Antarctica 300 years before our civilization discovered Antarctica. And the reason that Antarctica is shown on those maps, we didn't find it until 1818. The reason that Antarctica is shown on those maps is the older source maps from which they draw. Uh, maps, as, as the great author Charles Hapgood once said, maps of the ancient sea kings, uh, maps of a culture that mapped the earth during the last ice age. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you, you never would have expected that. I mean, to, to be able to have uh, any sort of an idea of geography before I think of geography, which would be in the 1500s, 1600s, is, is amazing to me. So so let me ask you a, a question that I think is a, a pretty simple one. Um, the Ice Age comes. Most of the globe is, is encased in ice, some of it miles and miles thick. How do human beings survive that? And how did, they, how did we come to thrive like we are today? Well, they, they head to the best real estate on Earth. They head down towards the coastlines. They head down towards the more tropical zones. So, so I mean, we, we they, they all gather around the equator then? Yeah, closer to the equator. When we look at the Indonesian islands today, Java, Sumatra, Borneo, uh, the, the Malaysian Peninsula, uh, these are all separate land masses today, but during the Ice Age, they were a vast connected land mass, wow. a subcontinent-sized land mass called, which we geologists call Sundaland. Okay. And there was a beautiful migration route down from there into the into the southern part of what is now into Indonesia, into uh, into Java. Uh, and there, in fact, in the first episode of the series, we have an extraordinary monument at a place called Gunung Padang. Uh, a pyramid that, that seems to work on, which appears to have begun some 24,000 years ago, uh, which is 20,000 years older than the the approximate date given for the Great Pyramids of Egypt. Wow. I mean, that, it's, it's, it's stunning. I mean, you would imagine you'd have to go where, where it's warmer. Um, so as the ice starts to melt over the thousands of years, people gradually migrated to where they are now, uh, more to the north. It, yeah, it, and people got cut off. I mean, people like Malta is one of our episodes. Malta okay. was joined to Sicily, which was joined to the toe of Italy during the Ice Age. It was all one continuous landmass. Uh, and then the sea levels rose and cut off these islands. Uh, and and what you know what I'm what I'm saying in in the in the series is we're not paying enough attention to how the world looked during the Ice Age. There were times in the Ice Age when the Sahara Desert was green. Some of these ancient maps show lakes and rivers in the Sahara Desert. That's nine million square kilometers, which has been hardly touched by archaeology. Twenty-seven million square kilometers, ten million square miles of the best real estate on Earth. Those coastlines. Those continental shelves flooded right. at the end of the Ice Age, hardly surveyed by archaeology. Yes, there's some marine archaeology, but they aren't looking for lost civilizations. They're looking for med medieval shipwrecks. The Amazon rainforest, nearly six million square kilometers, still covered by dense canopy. Thank goodness at least that much of it is left. Uh, again, so little of the Amazon has been surveyed by archaeology, but recent investigations are showing huge geometrical structures emerging from underneath the cover of the rainforest. So what I'm saying is archaeologists should not be so certain about their picture of the past that they can absolutely rule out the possibility of a lost civilization of the Ice Age because archaeologists haven't done enough work yet. Come back to me when you've completely surveyed the Sahara, when you surveyed right. the flooded continental shelves. You know, when you when you surveyed the Amazon rainforest, come back then and tell me that there's no possibility of a lost civilization of the Ice Age. But until you've done that, 
uh, I think at least it's worth listening to other points of view. It's quite amazing. It really is. Uh, GrahamHancock.com is his website. See his uh, series on Netflix right now, Ancient Apocalypse. He's the creator, and I can't wait to watch it. I have not watched it yet, but I can't wait to go and do that. If I understand you correctly, my, my people on my father's father's side, he came from Barry, Italy, which is the heel of the boot. Um, mm-hmm. If I follow what you're saying, the toe of the boot, as you look at Italy, was connected to Sicily, be- yes. uh, and it's not now because of the rising water. It's not because right. the land mass moved. It's because no. you've got more water than we used to have. Do I get you right? Exactly. You take me exactly right. Those those huge ice caps on top of North America and Northern Europe and elsewhere, they melted down, leaving the, the topography that we see today. All that water went into the world ocean, and it raised the level of the world ocean from the peak of the Ice Age until 11,600 roughly years ago, it raised it by 400 feet. So, you know, we're missing a huge part of the Earth's surface. Uh, and we cannot rule out the possibility of a lost civilization until we've thoroughly investigated that part. I personally spent seven years scuba diving all over the world, wrote a book about it published in 2002 called Underworld. Amazing. Uh, followed up tips from fishermen and local divers about structures that they'd found underwater. And, and we found extraordinary structures underwater, which clearly had been built when they were above water and were covered by rising rising sea levels. And that's just one person with a minimal budget doing what investigation I could. If serious money were put into this, goodness knows what we'd find. Well, hopefully that's going to happen now since your series is out. Go see the Ancient Apocalypse. One last question, and Graham, promise me you'll come back again. This is so intriguing to me. I'd love to learn even more from you. Will you do that? I'd be delighted to come back, Joe. Okay, nice l- let me ask you one last question. Do we have any, any evidence of what language was 11, 12,000 years ago on planet Earth. Do we know how people were communicating? Is there anything on, on stones? On You said that there were old maps that were falling apart that were utilized as a, as a guide. What was the yeah, language? Do we know? We cannot, we cannot say what spoken language was in use or how many spoken languages there were. Uh, you know, in, in, in New Guinea and in some parts of the Amazon, there are li- literally hundreds of languages spoken by, by isolated communities. Uh, but what we can say for sure is that people did speak a language and that it was as sophisticated and as capable of expressing complex ideas as our language today. Wow. And they created great art and they created great architecture. These were people, men and women, just like ourselves with abilities just just like our own. One of the puzzles is that anatomically modern human beings have been around for 300,000 years. Why did we wait until just 6,000 years ago to start the first civilizations? That's one of the problems I'm, I'm addressing in this investigation. It's a great question, and that's why you, you're a journalist and you go ahead and try to figure it out. Um, I can't wait to see this. Ancient Apocalypse on Netflix. How many, how many parts in the series? Eight parts, and each one's about half an hour. Beautiful. I can't wait to go and watch it. I'll probably binge it this weekend, to be honest. It's, uh, it's Graham Hancock. Go to GrahamHancock.com. Ingest everything that he does. I love that you, that you spelled it out. I love that you're skeptical, and I love that, that the facts you know, made you draw these conclusions, not somebody telling you what... Well, this is the story that we have to tell, Graham, so you have to follow what we say. I love yeah. that, that you fly in the face of people attacking you, because that right. means that we're getting something that you worked hard for and that, that I believe to certainly be the truth. Graham, thanks right. a million for coming on. Let's do it again soon, can we? My pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again. All right, brother. We appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. Bye. This is The Joe Pag Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's actually a pleasure to have spoken with uh, Graham Hancock. Make sure you go check out his series, Ancient Apocalypse, over on Netflix. Got to remind you the prices are going through the roof. They're skyrocketing like crazy. More Americans are feeling the financial squeeze with bills stacked to the ceiling. If you've reached your debt ceiling, if you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, if you're just trying to figure it out in this horrible economy, maybe go ahead and get a hold of my friends over Total Financial Freedom. If you're buried in credit card bills, signature loans, internet loans, timeshares, get off the endless debt treadmill. Make your New Year's resolution to call Total Financial Freedom. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial Freedom has been doing a phenomenal job for 16-plus years, helping Americans like you resolve their debts, even cutting payments in half. Find out how they can help you by giving them a call. 800-833-9444. 1-800-833-9444. Call right now. Ask about the free book, The Debt Dietitian. Mention my name, Joe Pags. Get that free book when you learn when you call and learn how easy it is to cut your payments. You can appreciate their team, like-minded people, A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Make the call right now. Total Financial. 1-800-833-9444, 1-800-833-9444, get that done right now. All right, Carrie, you've got this stupid story about a beauty influencer mm-hmm. who I guess bought a product, used a product on her social media, yeah. and now yes. she's in trouble. What, what happened uh, Yes, she is from Fox News. At TikTok, a beauty influencer was dragged online for allegedly stealing hair products from people of color because she used a hair product created by a black-owned brand in one of her beauty tutorials. TikTok beauty guru Danielle Athena recently enraged social media users for using Miel Rosemary Mint Scalp and Hair Strengthening Oil in a viral TikTok video. Her critics claimed Athena, a white woman, had stolen the product as it was intended for people of color. Though the hair product had been advertised by its brand as a product for all hair types, social media critics echoed the criticism and prompted the beauty, the beauty vlogger to delete the video. And during Athena's allegedly problematic hair care tutorial published in December 2022, the vlogger brushed out her hair and applied a portion of the hair oil to her scalp. She then applied the same oil to the rest of her hair, which she put back into a ponytail to dry for several hours. And the video caught the negative attention of one Twitter user who's charged that Athena was stealing from black women started the backlash. Okay, what is your name, Athena what? Athena, um, uh, Daniel, Danielle Athena. Did, did she steal it? No. So she, she purchased it? She did, and she used how it. Can, yeah. How can she... How could she be accused of stealing it? You know, my biggest problem with this story is, Carrie, you probably already know, oh, is that she apologizes that she took it down. Why take it down? Leave it. I know. I guess she was getting so much hate for it. Um, What's the name of the product? Yeah. It is called Miel Rosemary Mint Scalp and Hair Strengthening Oil. Sam, remind me of that because I'm going to buy some, put it in my hair <gasps> on a video. Oh, sounds you're good. Such a racist. Why not? You're a racist. Why not? <laughs> I can't steal. You're not stealing it if you went and bought it. It's so I stupid. I know. Yeah. And the biggest problem, the only yeah. reason wokeism works is because people either apologize or they backtrack or they delete the video. Don't. Leave it. I mean, yeah. Did she do something? Carrie, did she do something wrong? No, she did not. She didn't steal anything. She didn't. I mean, holy crap. That's just dumb. That's just dumb. Yeah. Pop culture. Yep. Bop.
Alright, Paula, what's going on, dude? So, did you see some of this um, updated information regarding Demar Hamlin and his um, where, where he's he's at with his recovery? I, I saw some of it. You can fill us in, though. So, last night they said that he um, was conscious and he wasn't able to talk because he he was hooked up to a breathing machine. But yeah. um, using a pen and paper, he wrote on a, on, on you know on a clipboard. He wrote asking who won the game. I just think that's great. Yeah. The fact that his that's where his mind was first thing he thinks of after being out for all those days is did we get the win? Right, and the doctors say that they believe that he's neurologically intact. So I think that's awesome. That's beautiful news. All right, Polo, thank you. Sam, thank you. Carrie, thank you. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Part two with General Flynn. Don't miss that. Talk then. This is the Joe Pegg Show.